Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure to have you with us. And I'm really excited to introduce my next guest. He's Jack Daly. He's a professional sales coach here in San Clemente, California. And we're going to talk about hyper sales growth. And for Jack Daly, passion and entrepreneurship are practically synonyms. Jack's the renowned professional speaker, sales management expert, and CEO. That's the chief energizing officer of Professional Sales Coach, Inc., and his energetic workshops have helped thousands of individuals reach corporate goals and unleash their full potential. And all of his talks are grounded on the hard-won personal experience of Jack's lifelong salesmanship and entrepreneurship. Jack, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me. Real pleasure, Jack. And we're going to talk about hyper-sales growth and especially about uh, a book that you have out. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and what your experience has been in becoming a sales coach. Yes, you know, I started selling Bill at the age of seven years old and owned the market and charged twice the price of every kid I was competing with. And by the age <laughs> of 12, I built my first company. And uh, at 13 years old, I found myself with five employees. They were doing all the work, and I kept 70% of the money. And right then, I knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, and that was be an entrepreneur. So I did something really unusual in my 13th year. I interviewed 200 successful business owners on how they became successful, and I charted a course, went to school, got my bachelor's degree in accounting so I would understand how the numbers work, and then left Arthur Anderson to go and build six separate companies from a blank sheet of paper. All six went nationwide, sold a couple to Wall Street, extremely fast-growing, top and bottom line, and did that for about 25 years, and then at the mid-40s in my life, decided that I didn't want any employees, and I didn't want to do that anymore, and I got into the speaking and training business by default because people were calling my house and contacting me saying, how did you build all those companies so quickly and successfully? And so the last 20 years have been traveling the world and sharing business-building ideas with salespeople, entrepreneurs, and business owners. That's fascinating. So even at an early age, you you figured out the model for creating a business, and then after doing it, you decided you wanted to share it. And of course, that's a, always a fascinating career path. Uh, people want to know how you did it. And one of the first things you talk about in your new book, Hyper Sales Growth, is culture. So let's that, make that the first thing we talk about today. What is a company team culture, and what does it have to do with their sales? Yeah, so it's a great question and also one that typically isn't asked or addressed. Here is the secret sauce. If you as a business owner can create an environment in your business where the people who work in the company don't get up moaning and groaning in the morning about having to go to work, but actually leap out of bed excited about the company that they work for, you have a competitive, sustainable advantage. And so my advice to business owners is create the environment where people really are enjoying what they do and enjoying the company they're working in. Everything else will get easy. 
That's a great point. So create an enjoyable, vibrant workplace and be that. You have to embody that, of course, yourself as the leader, and that starts your that starts the culture. Without a doubt, and there are four key pegs to a strong culture: recognition systems, communication systems, personal and professional development processes, and empowerment. And if I were to give you an example, very recent, 13 years ago, Zappos started an online shoe company and on their 10th birthday sold the company for $1.2 billion. And when Amazon bought them, they bought it for one word, and it was the culture. And when you go to Vegas and visit Zappos operation, they have hundreds and hundreds of employees that I would call a cult more than employees. They just love what they're doing and the environment they're doing it in. And did that start with the fact that Zappos had a mission that was bigger than itself right from the beginning? I, you know what? I wouldn't say it was the mission as much as Tony Shea had built a company before Zappos, and when he built it, it got to a certain size, and he found himself begrudgingly getting out of bed and said, it's not fun. And so I think I can create a fun company where people really are self-actualizing and enjoying what they're doing. And I bet if I create that environment, the business will make money. And in fact, they did in a big way. Well, that's, that is really fascinating. Now, you know, culture would probably be something that most people would overlook when examining ways to improve sales and grow their business. But what are two other things that we tend to overlook that if we didn't overlook those, we could drastically change the results of our sales efforts? Well, the first one that I'll give you, Bill, is something that you hardly ever hear in the sales side of the house, and that is having a sales playbook. The systems and processes that a successful salesperson needs to follow in order to be successful. Um, my largest sales force bill was 2,600 salespeople out on the streets in America and I was infamous in that company for saying there aren't 2,600 best ways to sell this stuff, so let's figure out the best way and build the systems and processes in a playbook and follow it accordingly. So the first mm -hmm. thing is a playbook and systems and processes. The second thing that I would tell you is the word leverage. And leverage for me is how can I generate more business with less work? And if I gave an example of that, it would be this. The best salespeople and the best entrepreneur business owners are focused on HPA, high payoff activities. And they are maniacally focused on those activities all the way to the degree of this comment. If you don't have an assistant, you are one. There are things that need to be done out there, but not necessarily done by the entrepreneur, business owner, or salesperson. They need to focus on the leveraged high payoff activity. Great point. And a lot of people end up doing their own menial tasks, and they never get to that. So that, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Well, it's just a complete distraction, and we work really hard, but we're not working smart. And we wonder why we're not getting a great return on our investment, but we're investing in the wrong vehicle. So having a culture, having a sales playbook, again, identifying the best way to sell your products and then making sure everybody understands that, and then leverage, finding out the best ways to get the most out of your time by doing and doing the best things. And is that 
trickle down for everyone? Is that a, a, a management style for the entire organization? Everybody should be doing their HBAs, obviously. I'm ringing the bell in agreement 100%. I'm going to add one more thing to this, and that is that most people, when they build their businesses, they misalign the sales management role. And let me tell you what my one definition is. A sales manager's job is not to grow sales. It is to grow salespeople in quantity and quality. And if you do that, they in turn will grow your sales. So we really have to keep the sales manager focused on leveraging the growth of their sales force in quantity and quality. Do most businesses and organizations understand that, and do they miss the mark of what their sales manager is really there for, Jack? It's almost like you're you're a shill in the audience here. (laughs) There are three (laughs) sins of sales management that are being committed by small to medium-sized companies all over the world. One sin is the CEO, owner, entrepreneur is also wearing the hat of the sales manager, which means that you have a part-time growth strategy. The second sin is we promote the best salesperson into the sales manager, and that's an entirely different skill set, most of which they don't have. And the third sin is we take the best salesperson, we make them the sales manager, and say continue with your customers and book a business and sell, and now they're completely distracted on the wrong thing. Well, those... Those are incredibly, it seems like, obvious things, except a lot of people would think that that salesperson, for instance, would become a great sales manager because they've done it. Why isn't a great salesperson a great sales manager, necessarily? Well, so a salesperson's job is to win new customers, grow the ones they have, and differentiate themselves from the competition. A sales manager's job is to recruit, train, coach, build, and develop salespeople. And if you define the two that way, you can see one has no applicability to the other. I could be a great sales manager in a complete industry that I had never, ever worked in because I know how to recruit, train, coach, and build salespeople. I don't necessarily need to know the innards of the product or the service in order to teach them how to do that job well. The other thing is that salespeople live in a world called immediate gratification, which means got a sale and I'm jazzed to go get another one. The sales management job is like the desert. Uh, There's no immediate gratification. Recruiting Mm. a top salesperson could take you more than a year. And so they're Mm -hmm. very, very different elements. Yeah, that's very clear. Very, very well explained. So let's take things back to the basics for a minute. Now, based on your experience Could you share the most important thing we need to keep in mind when it comes to sales, Jack, and and why? Yeah, so I'm going to take sales, Bill, to a very high level. Help your customers with their needs, opportunities, and problems in the best way that you can, even if it means not you. And by evidence of that, here's what I'm suggesting, that in my business, 30% of the calls of inquiry that come in to hire me, I send somewhere else because I think it's a better fit for my prospect or customer. And so when you care more about your customers than you do about selling, you will actually sell more than anyone else out there. That's incredible advice, and obviously there are companies like uh, the the insurance company online with, uh, what is it, 
progressive or one of those that, that is using that as an advertising platform come to yep. us and we'll point you in the right direction and they know they'll get a certain number. If for, is, is that a bitter or difficult pill for a lot of companies to swallow? Oh, it's enormously difficult for a lot of companies to swallow because their thinking is so short term. People, by and large, do not want to be sold to. They enjoy people that will help them to buy. But selling someone something is offensive and doesn't work. And so at the end of the day, selling is the transfer of trust. People do business with people they trust. And if you help them with their needs, opportunities, and problems, my goodness, they trust you and you have so differentiated yourself from the normal salesperson who's just trying to do another sale and get another commission that you have a very treasured special space and your repeat and referral business goes through the roof. Let me show you by way of evidence, Bill. Uh, my year as a, as a speaker on sales is sold out a year in advance. We are booking things today at the end of 2016 as we're talking. That's phenomenal. Well, that's you're giving people great advice, and it's not advice that they're getting from others. And in today's economy, it seems like there's so much that goes into building that relationship, the the you know the social media, the all, all of the different things that are out there that are really designed not to start moving towards a sales process yet but they're moving towards a relationship-building process first. Is that the secret sauce today? Uh, it is. And the more value that you can put on your website, the more value that you can drive to your prospects by way of the Internet, the more trust, the more comfort. Quit sending brochures about your company and your products and putting your prices up online. Nobody's really interested in that. You know, I read a lot of books. I've written some as well, but I read a tremendous amount of books. And one of those places I buy from is Amazon. And one of the really nice things that Amazon does for all of us is analyzes what our interests are and gives me emails and heads up on books that aren't even out yet so that I can pre-order them because it fits the things that I enjoy doing. I'm so appreciative of them doing that for me, that I'm not prone to not even go into a bookstore or a competitor. There you go. I mean, they've earned your loyalty, and that's that seems to be the game these days is earning loyalty by not rushing to a, a sale proposition. Is that sum it up? Well, let's try it this way, Bill, and I'm going to throw the bonus at you. Your trust is at a level that I just talked about where I have it with Amazon and I'm not looking at other people then what I just did for Amazon is they don't worry about competition and they don't have to worry about price. Trust trumps price all day long. Beautiful, beautiful. Well put, great advice. So you have a series of books that you've put together. Uh, tell us a little bit about your books and your, your offerings and where, where our listeners can find them. Well, everything that we have is available at Jack daily d-a-l-y dot net and we have audios and videos and we've done those live in front of live audiences so you feel as though you're sitting there in a real event and the workbooks you can print off of the audios and videos that we provide on our website i also published my most recent bestseller last april and on the first day that it came out hyper sales growth 
Uh, it hit the number one best-selling business book on Amazon in seven countries on its first day out. And that's available on our website as well. And obviously, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it in audio version. And quite frankly, Bill, I'm very excited about this. Yesterday, we finished up the filming, but the very first time a book's ever been done in a video form will be available in the next 60 days. And uh, we just shot that video and spent about 10 hours doing that yesterday. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. What a great, what a great accomplishment. It's a fun, fun product, and uh, it's going to make a big difference to people uh, in terms of executing on the, uh, on the strategies that we've got in the book. Now, Jack, you, when you say you're booked up, you do a lot of speaking to a lot of business owner types of groups and that, those types of things? Yeah, so, Bill, I do about 130 speaking gigs a year. 30% are outside of North America and 70% obviously in North America. Small to medium-sized companies tend to be our audiences, and I do a series of public events where you can buy a seat on sales and sales management, and all of the public events are posted on our website uh, a year in advance. So as an example, a week from now, I'll be doing a two-day event in Boston, and all of that is, again, on the website, jackdaily.net. Well, listeners, you can tell when you're listening to the voice of experience and wisdom. I mean, Jack, you gave us so many great tips in, in a short, very brief period of time. So I hope our listeners will uh, explore your website at jackdaily.net and learn a little bit more about that. Again, we'll have some hyperlinks and show notes on our platform as soon as we upload his interview. But Jack, fantastic stuff. Really appreciate it. I learned a lot. I hope our listeners did. And I hope we can visit again sometime in the future when you have time to, to get deeper into some of these topics. So thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciated the opportunity. Thank you, Bill. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with another guest. So please stay tuned right after this. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 